Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the number one resource for actors and talent seekers. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to guide you through every aspect of the entertainment industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. These intimate, inspirational conversations with today's most award-worthy film, television, and theater artists provide you, dear listener, advice on how to live the creative life, personal stories of success and failure alike, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. There's like equal parts delusional and also (laughs) confident you have to be like i know what the stats are but i'm going to be the one who breaks through or whatever Hello, listeners. As you may have noticed, today's episode of In the Envelope is an extra long one. As is often the case with a spectacular interview, we were unable to cut a thing from this lovely chat with Darcy Carden, whose voice you just heard. She is known for playing Janet on The Good Place. Uh, We got to talk about that. We got to talk about her early career struggles, which involved Backstage, and we at Backstage love her, and she at Backstage loves us, and blah, 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 blah. We love each other. This was just lovely. To say this was lovely is such an understatement. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. It's really, it was so touching. It It was honestly touching to listen back to it. Darcy is amazing. Also notable today is that today is the first day of Emmy nominating For those keeping score at home, the Emmys are not completely unaffected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I will be linking in today's episode description to an article on Backstage.com about how the Emmys schedule and even some Emmys rules have been kind of disrupted and tweaked by the pandemic. Still remains to be seen exactly how the Emmys are going to be kind of broadcasted on ABC in September and all of that. But um, that article will be updated as needed, so it's there for you. Backstage.com is there for you for all of your industry updates and information. And um, now that it's officially Emmy nominating, I hope you will consider some of the amazing guests you've heard on In the Envelope, the Actress podcast, because literally all of them, since we aired Elle Fanning back in, I believe it was April, what is time anymore, are eligible for Emmys in the 2020 Emmys. So without further ado, let's get to this really, truly amazing interview with Darcy after we hear a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Bad Education, a feature film from HBO. Academy Award nominee Hugh Jackman and Academy Award winner Allison Janney are Long Island School District supervisors at the center of a major scandal in this bitingly funny, honestly, it is hilarious, film from Corey Finley, the director of Thoroughbreds, It's the story of these ambitious and, as it turns out, greedy school superintendents whose embezzlement is uncovered by a student reporter. And it's all inspired by true events. Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney are magnetic, of course, and the supporting cast, which includes Ray Romano and Geraldine Viswanathan, is also wonderful. Emmy voters, consider bad education for outstanding television movie and all eligible categories.
Darcy Carden is best known as the virtual assistant of the afterlife Janet on Mike Shore's beloved NBC comedy The Good Place, which aired its fourth and final season this year. She also stars on HBO's award-winning Bill Hader comedy Barry, as well as Broad City, Other People, and countless shorts and other comedy projects with the Upright Citizens Brigade community. Here she is, the lovely Darcy Carden. You really sound so, the best of any of the people we've okay, recorded good. with no, so far. So, well, okay, good, good, good. I like to win. <laughs> You're definitely winning. <laughs> My gosh, um, Darcy Carden, thank you for joining us on Backstages in the Envelope podcast. In what feels Thanks like kind of a new me. frontier. It's yes, it's mm-hmm. so good to have you. I really wish this were in person, but um, it's good me to too. check in with you. How are you feeling? Yeah. How are you? I feel okay. I mean, I'm I'm like, I think like a lot of people going back and forth between feeling super anxious and crazy and then feeling like tons of gratitude for, you know, mm. the situation I'm in and my family's in, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I, th- I think it's okay to allow ourselves, you know, I don't know, whatever we're feeling right now. We, My husband and I keep, you know, we'll wake up and like the other day my husband woke up and he was like, this is going to be a weird day. <laughs> like I, yeah. I can already tell that my mood is off and, and I'm just going to be off today. And, mm. and we've definitely had certain, you know, certain days that feel fun and fine and free and other days mm. where, you know, we're crying or, or feeling anxious. It's just a yeah. weird, super weird time. Do you feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like that's my day today where I woke up just like, mm-hmm there's sort of just more of a predetermination or like, I guess we're just more in touch with our mental and emotional health. And as it relates to our physical health, it's like very yeah. intimately tied for me these days. Yes. That's and, really um, well said. I totally agree. Yeah. Like we're all just partly because this is a virus and we're being conscious about like the actual, the actual physical aspect of that. But like, yeah, it's, it's sociological aspects too. It's all like very yeah. interconnected right now. Totally. Yes. Yes. It is. I mean, it's been said, but it's just such a, like, it's such a strange time and it's, we're kind of figuring it out day to day, week to week coming up on, you know, month to month, like how, how to best make it work. And, you know, some days I am successful at that. And some days I'm like, Hmm. okay, well, this day's a wash and I'm just going to go to bed now. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of forgive yourself. And yeah, it's, yeah. There's many valuable lessons to be learned here. It's just. Yeah. I have found, I mean, this is so obvious, but I've found that the days that I move, you know, move like whether it's a little at home workout or a walk in in isolated walk with my dog, it's, those Mm -hmm. are the days that are definitely the better days. Definitely. Yeah. And and it's just funny, this, obviously this podcast, we are, we are in the envelope. We've been around for a while and we're all about, you know. We're backstage, so we ask people for advice, and it's just a little yeah. strange to cater that towards, like, I would love to ask you, like, what are you doing to be engaged as an artist and to, yeah. I don't know, keep your skills up? But you mentioned you're, you're recording for a cartoon. That's, right. like, actual work. Right. I should, you know, th- this is also hard because there's so much that you could do, you know? There's, like, I know we that first week or so mm. of quarantine, there was all those tweets going around about Shakespeare wrote 
King Lear or whatever. It's like, you know, there's, there's the, the, uh, possibilities seem endless. Like this is when you could write your book, or this is when you could write that screenplay, or this is when you could memorize monologues or whatever the hell, but also (laughs) I am not feeling super creative right now. You know, I, I, like there's been a couple of times where I've sort of tried to put pen to paper and I'm like, no, this is not working for me right now. So I think it's listening to your, um, instincts in your brain. And, Mm. and, and that might mean, you know, my, my, I talked to a friend of mine the other day and she's like, I'm feeling so inspired and creative. And I was like, good for you. And like, go, go with that, you know, use, Mm -hmm. use this like insane amount of time that we have if you're feeling it, but also, I mean, maybe I'm giving advice to myself, but allow yourself to, um, to, to not, to not be as creative as you maybe thought you would be or whatever. To be realistic and to give yourself permission to, I think that's really key advice. Like don't force it. We got to do what we, what we want right now. And maybe, you know, again, maybe I'm like truly giving myself advice or talking myself into being like, yes, what you're doing is worthwhile. I have (laughs) never, um, in my life been interested in cooking at all. Occasionally, you know, will help my mom or my husband or something and be like, wow, I guess this is kind of fun, but it never sticks. But man, I have been cooking up a storm and baking up a storm. And, and I wonder if that's some sort of creativity coming out that way. I I don't, I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is feeling like what I'm drawn to like last night after the day was done and it's time to like settle in and watch TV or do whatever you do at night. I was like, Mm -hmm. I got to bake a banana bread. (laughs) It's now or never. (laughs) Give me, you know, give me, give me an hour. I got to bake a banana bread. I'll be back. And then, you know, settle down and watch season two of succession. That's it. That sounds like a good night to me. Yes, which that counts as keeping engaged as an actor right. and an artist. Yes, yes. Binge watching, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, actually, well, for sure, right? Because so much of that is, like, I mean, totally. Succession is a perfect example. I'm, like, incredibly inspired by this storytelling and these actors and, mm. you know, what, like, what's, that's, a, to me, as an actor and as an artist, that's, like, so much of, um like my creativity comes from being inspired by other people. So watching these actors, these beasts, like just, oh my God, I'm so impressed with all of them. Yeah. Um, All it makes me want to do is like my turn, you know, get back. Totally. Right. Yeah. Rise to their level and be challenged and inspired. Totally. Totally. In fact, we, I mean, obviously we love hearing about inspirations and your, yeah. your creativity. I mean, what, first of all, let's go back in time. What, what were your earliest inspirations? How did you, was it a bit by the acting bug or how did you yeah. get initially involved in all this? Okay. When I think back, um, it, it's, I, I can't exactly remember like a, a moment where, I mean, what I really want to say is it's, it's sort of, it feels like it's been my whole life that I, I've known that I wanted to be on stage acting in some way or another. Mm. There's a couple times, like, you know, I remember my parents taking me to um, this kid's performance of some of um, maybe like the some Christmas show uh, was mm-hmm. like the night before Christmas. It doesn't really matter, but some Christmas show where I was just enthralled. And I think I was like sitting at the foot of the stage, just watching it. And then the big thing was afterwards, the actors were, were there like greeting the the audience, you know? Yeah. And, and that was a big moment where I was like, I kind of put it together that it was a regular person up there on stage. Like it was cool. possible. It re- that, I mean, I guess, yeah, that was a huge moment for me where it was like, Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> 
<laughs> these are I real people. Like that's something I could do. Yeah. And then similarly, there was um, maybe when I was nine or 10, my dad was in a church production of Our Town. And, um, oh. you know, like the, the, the church uh, that had enough people wanting to be in a play or whatever, where they were able to sort of put on this mm. production of Our Town. And it was a similar thing where I was like, I was so excited by the backstage of it all, the like, you know, people putting on their makeup and what they were doing at intermission. And I'm sure they said whatever, you know, like probably some little prayer or something before, but whatever that sort of pep talk is before you go out on stage, all of that stuff. I was like, gimme, 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 gimme. I need, (laughs) I need, when do I get to do this? You know, how soon can I do this? And then my parents were pretty, um, extremely, uh, helpful. And, and I know so many actors have, stories of their parents not being supportive and and that struggle. And I never had that for some mm. reason. My parents were always really um, encouraging. And then I know you've, you've spoken backstage before and you've, you've kind of gushed about us before, but yeah. what role did backstage play in the kind of early, early, early career days? Yeah. When I, when I finished college, I moved right to New York and you know, it's funny, like the things you learn in college are helpful. Of course, when you're an actor, you learn how to Mm -hmm. act, but, but you don't learn how to do like any business of acting you, or at least I didn't, you know, there's like, right. I mean, and that's, what's so important. There's truly, there should be a class that is called like backstage and it's like, you guys teach it or something. I mean, there's, you know, there's like, there's no, you learn how to do a monologue, but you don't learn how to find the place where you are. I mean, it's just such a mystery and you learn by your community and you learn by something like backstage. And I guess when I say something like backstage, I mean, I don't know another, another backstage. So it was really (laughs) you guys. And back then, um, I guess it was online, but I was more of like a paper gal. So I would buy Mm my, (laughs) my roommate, Summer and I were, um, you know, so poor and struggling that we would like, we would, we would share a backstage. So I would buy one and then she would buy the next one. And then I would buy the next one. And, um, we would just kind of go through with our pencil and highlighter and circle, whatever auditions seemed right for us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was pre pre agent and pre, um, knowing what the heck to do and where the heck to go. And it was so, um, it made you feel like you were actually doing this job, you know, it was like, okay, great. This is a tangible thing. I can go to this audition. And, um, so much of being an actor is like not actually acting. It's the, it's all the stuff that leads up to the moment where you get to act. And, and, and that's Hmm. so much of what this job is and having a place where you can, where you can find opportunities to get to do the acting is like, it's just totally, it was invaluable. Yeah. Totally. I mean, what kind of gigs were you going out for? Because, I mean, at what point was um, UCB and comedy and sketch mm-hmm. and improv introduced into your, was that also like kind of a turning point? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I I, I cool. think, you know, the first couple of years I was in New York, I, I, I hadn't found UCB yet, the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is, I'm sure, you know, listeners know it's like the um, improv sketch comedy theater in New York and in LA that um, has produced a lot of like, you know, comedy actors that, you know, and love. So before I found that it was, um, I, I mean, to say like what roles that I was going out for, it's like almost a hilarious question because it was just anything that, Mm -hmm. you know, a 22 year old, like it's like whatever I thought I, I could sort of almost kind of fit the description of, I would just go out for. 
And Mm -hmm. by the way, get almost none of it, you know, a couple of like student films (laughs) and a couple of, I want to say there was even maybe in backstage, there was like uh, workshops you could, uh, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, a long time ago now, but I feel like I maybe took a couple of workshoppy, like, you know, meet this um, casting agent or whatever in, in like a group setting. and, And those were helpful too. Oh my gosh. It's so bleak thinking back on those days, but also like so <laughs> lovely, you know, <laughs> Totally. It, it just, I yes. felt, I, I felt so lost. I felt like I, I could not wait to get to New York. Like I, my whole life was, was oh, pointing cool. towards New York. Like the, the times that like my family would go visit New York. I remember even just like getting off the plane and being like, mm, the air smells better here. <laughs> like I was, <laughs> which as totally. then becoming a New Yorker is like hilarious, but, <laughs> but just being like, this is where I belong. So my whole life was just ready to live in New York. And then when I got to New York, I was a little bit like, Oh, now what, you know, I'm a little totally. bit lost, which I'm sure a lot of people feel. And, right. you know, going to auditions at least made me feel like I was sort of doing something, but it was when I found my, you know, I guess I would say like my home or my community in, um, at UCB Mm -hmm. where I sort of started to feel a little bit like settled in. Gotcha. Right, 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 right. I mean, we always love hearing about those time periods because as you say, like, I think that's so such a perfect description. Like it's, it's bleak looking back, but it's also like, you're so full of optimism and hope and like, totally. Was this the kind of scenario where you knew the amount of rejection that that would be coming your way? Or was it like it was helpful to not know? I, I don't know at that I, point. No, that's it. No, I get I, I, I like <laughs> I think I I knew because you're told. And actually, one thing that I really loved about the place where I went to college in Oregon, the, the um, Southern Oregon University, the teachers there and specifically one teacher was all about like the reality of picking acting or whatever as a career. You know, a career in the theater or a career. He was like, I remember on on one of the first days of class, he like brought out this whiteboard and and drew some numbers on it. And I wish I could remember what they were, but it was like, this is the percentage of you that will be able to support yourself by acting. This is like, it was just like the, the hard stats. And, and, um, Mm -hmm. and he was really like, if you don't want to do this with like every inch of yourself, just, just, just (laughs) do something else. Right. Which was great. And by the way, like more than half the, the people did like, like left it more, way more than half. I mean, oh. you know, it was like this reality check and I think a bunch of people needed to hear that. Um, so I think I was, um, aware of the rejection for sure. But at the same time, I think to get into this business, tell me if I'm wrong, I might be, you gotta be a little bit like there's a, there's like equal parts delusional and also <laughs> confident, like this weird, right. You have to, you have to be like, I know the, um, I know what the, the, the stats are, but I'm yeah. going to be the one who changes or who, who breaks through or whatever. Totally. Otherwise, otherwise why, why, how can we keep going? Right. It's almost like a performance in itself where you have to mm-hmm. maybe act like a confident person or something. To- for sure. For sure. Yeah. The confidence <laughs> might be fake. Also the, con- I mean, I think I would swing back and forth between like utter insecurity and confidence day to day or minute to minute being like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm the special one. And then the next minute being like, I am an absolute fraud. Everybody is better than me, you know? Right. So that's very relatable. Yeah. And you get these little pats on the back, whether they be, you know, a callback or booking the role or the 
casting person saying good job or whatever, or the, a, a fellow actor saying good job, whatever it is, these tiny little pats on the back that keep you going. Mm-hmm. And with all, those were the things I think that kept me going. And because most of it was, was rejection for sure. I mean, that's just yeah. like the statistic, like it's statistically <laughs> impossible yeah. for, I mean, I guess for some people it's not, but for, for someone doing it, as long as I was doing it, it's like most of right. it is going to be rejection, but then right. you just it get is- these little little good jobs that would very be like, okay. tiny little good jobs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess another thing about that is you got to celebrate those and really amplify whatever good news you're getting. For sure. It's, it's funny. The statistics I think really are important for early career. Like seeing those has to kind of scare you, but also invigorate you it really sounds like in your case, you were falling in the camp of like the every fiber in your body thing. Like you, yeah. you were certain you did not have, yeah. did you have a plan B is there anything else that you I, would be doing instead of this? I I didn't have a plan B, but I I I mean I guess this would be a plan B. I always thought I um one of the jobs that I had, you know, because I had one million jobs while auditioning and stuff because you gotta pay the rent was yes. um, teaching <laughs> little kids acting, like teaching acting for oh. little kids and and uh, I, I think like super super little up through like high school and so and I enjoyed it and I thought that would be. Yeah, I guess that would be a plan B, but I also mm-hmm. decide. I remember deciding in high school that I would not have a plan B. I, I like, gotcha. I, so I think when I was a senior, maybe a junior, when I, I think I was a senior, there was, um, we had to write a big paper. Maybe it was like comparable to a, wait, is the word comparable or comparable? How do you say it? I, comparable? I think it's oh, either. Boy. Oh, okay, boy. cool. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it feels um, like something we would ask Janet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where is she when we need her? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was maybe similar to a thesis paper or something. And it was, it uh-huh. was my, the, the topic I chose was basically majoring in acting. It was why, basically why would oh. someone major in acting in college? And, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, because I, that was sort of the only thing I was interested in and it was very specific to me, but I was, I, I interviewed, oh. you know, people that had majored in acting and I, and I interviewed some like acting teachers and professors and, and, uh, and it just, I, I basically did the paper to, con- to sort either convince myself or sort of yeah get the, get the, the facts I needed to reassure myself that yes, this is mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And that is so cool. It's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it definitely, uh, by the end, you know, by writing that paper, I was like, and yes, I have now, you know, proven to myself (laughs) that this is what I want to do. I always think of myself as like a pretty level-headed and realistic person, but you know, like doubling down on being an actor is, is cuckoo bananas. And, um, that's, I think the part of me that is, that's, you know, off (laughs) is the part that was like, I am going to be an actor and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And I would, you know, I'm blaming my parents again for like helping me with that. They were like, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go to college and major in acting. And yep, this is all good. And I'm sure they were, you know, worried. I know they were worried behind the scenes and my mom has, you know, she does, she hates the idea of auditioning and she hates the idea of rejection and, and, uh, still struggles with it for me to this day. You know, if I tell mm. her that I'm up for something or I had a meeting with so-and-so, she, you know, it, it like gives her so much stress and she doesn't want to ask me about oh. it again in case it doesn't go well. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I ha- have to end up like reassuring her that I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. She takes that on for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, can I ask about those survival gigs? I know you've spoken about them before, but sure. Um, you were, a, you were a tour guide. Yes, I was. You, I was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful? Is that like a good survival gig for an actor? I think it is. It was, you know, there, there are, there are so many options for survival gigs and I, and I had so many of them, but one being a tour guide, there are certain gigs that you can sort of, well, there's, I guess there's two ways of looking at it. Like you can kind of convince yourself that this is an acting job, but also on the other hand, it is, it literally, it's like giving you almost like a live audience reaction, you know, like an education and what, what works. And for me, Mm. you know, so much of, of what I was doing and what I do is comedy. And it was immediate, you know, you get that immediate response, you say something funny and they either laugh or they don't, and you sort of, uh, hone Mm. your skills that way. So that this particular tour guide job, I think lent itself to performing comedy. And it was, it was sort of like a, a funny tour. (laughs) And, um, so I got to like, I got to really express myself in that way. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was definitely helpful, but like, so what I was doing was, um, the tour guide, but part of this particular tour, I just have to, this is like, this is so perfect for, for actors. And (laughs) yes, part of this tour, um, it's this in New York, there's this big bus called the ride. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, um, absolutely. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. So, some of us are on the bus giving the tour, but then other right. actors are out in the in New York, uh, in Manhattan. Yeah. And for example, it would be like, um, we had we had <laughs> oh my God, it's so crazy to think back on this. Uh <laughs> we would pull up to a person on the street, and I, the tour guide, would talk mm-hmm. to the person on the street. And meanwhile, this is all part of the plan. This is this is rehearsed. But I would say, like, hey, where are you going? And they would and they would be like, ah, oh, trying to get to work or whatever. And, uh, I, I think the idea was we, we came up on a struggling actor hilariously and they would be like, I'm heading to an oh. audition. And, and I would say like, well, why don't you give us a little taste or whatever? And they'd break out into song and, and the, <laughs> <laughs> the audience, the tour, the tour people would be so like thrilled by this. Of course it was like yeah. very obviously planned. Of course there were in the microphone. <laughs> There was like a ballerina. There was maybe like a oh, cool. hot dog salesman. I mean, salesman, a hot dog vendor. <laughs> there oh were different people placed throughout the city. Um, <laughs> a tap dancer. And and hmm. it was, again, it was one of those jobs where we sort of would look at each other and be like, oh boy, like this is what we're yes. doing. Like we're literally in Times Square where our peers are on Broadway and <laughs> right. we are, you know, uh, we're on a tour. Like there's, there's the highs and lows. And, yeah. uh, but it was, it was, you know, thinking back on it, it was fun. It was, it was money. It was, um, and mm-hmm. it for sure helped, helped, um, help me in my career. Like whether, whether it was, yeah. um, like kind of honing skills or realizing what you want, what you don't want. I think all of those gigs help you. Even totally. the bad ones. There, there are skills. Yeah. Even from the bad ones that you can take I guess any, even in creating a character, I mean, yeah. Janet is sort of a tour guide, so for sure, yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Oh my gosh, good call. <laughs> um, I have to ask about another survival gig, though. Is it true that you were you a nanny for for Bill Hader? Yes, I was. What I, nanny? <laughs> nannying was one of my uh, favorite jobs that of of all the survival mm-hmm. gigs, and you know, I was in New York for I was in New York for almost eleven years. Okay. Okay. I'll put it this way. I was in New York for almost 11 years and I didn't get the good place until like 
I lived in LA for three years. So, right. so the entire time I was in New York, I was struggling, struggling. Okay. I was working a million jobs. I was, you know, paying New York rent and, mm-hmm. it, and I was booking nothing or, or, you know, barely anything. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was struggling as we all do. And, um, so nannying was one of my favorite jobs. I, you kind of do for me anyway, I did so many of these, um, jobs to pay the rent that I could, like, I was a waitress. I was a temp. I was this tour guide. I was, I, I was so many things, but, um, nannying felt the best. I loved, you know, kids and I loved working with kids and, and nannying was just something that like I looked forward to. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, wearing a little suit and going to work it, as like the receptionist in a law office was like soul oh. sucking and horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Those type of jobs. I was like, I can't gotcha. do this. And part of nannying for me was I decided like, I'll just work for a bunch of families and mm-hmm. that way, you know, nobody will really be counting on me. And I, I won't, I, if I have to do an audition or if I, ha- if I get a gig or whatever, I can leave and no one is like screwed over. So I was working for, you know, 10 different families here and there, just kind of like filling my, my days that were free. And then I started working for, for Bill and Maggie and I, and I truly just like fell in love with their baby daughter. Like we, <laughs> we I'm, I'm still super, super close with, oh, with, wow. um, that family. And, you know, almost like she became like family to me and, and, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of quit all the other families and was just their full-time nanny, oh, okay. which was exactly yeah. what I, you know, didn't want to do, but, but I was happy to do it. Cause I love that family so much. Yeah. Um, and, and what on earth, um, what role did that play in getting Barry years later in my life? With Bill? <laughs> you know, we, we, we are, um, that family and my family, my husband and I, we became almost like a family. We, oh, there okay. was a summer, maybe it was five or six months actually that, um, Maggie was making a film in LA and Bill was in the film Mm -hmm. and my husband was one of the producers and we all went out to LA and I babysat (laughs) and they all went to work Uh every day. And which was, you know, like its own little mini struggle, life struggle, but also I loved babysitting for her so much that it was okay. But, um, so we, you know, I like lived, we lived together for six months or so. And, and so we all got really close and, and, Hmm. It was this sort of interesting thing um, where Maggie's a writer-director and Bill's a writer-actor and Jason was producing and everybody was sort of doing their thing and I was not. And it was like, gotcha. it was a sort of sobering and and hmm. occasionally uh, I would kind of take a look around and, and have that feeling of like, oh shoot, you know, occasionally, yeah. you know, there were, there were times in many times over the course of my life. And especially, um, you know, in the years leading up to the good place where I would sort of look around and be like, oh no, they're, everybody's doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing except for me, you know? Right. That existential, Um, the compare and despair, I guess. Yes. And you don't have it every day. You don't have it every second, but when you have Mm -hmm. it, it can kind of hit you hard. Sure. Um, and so, you know, there was, um, an opportunity for my husband to, for us to move out to LA and truly, I mean, I had, I loved New York. I loved my friends. I loved UCB, but a hard mm-hmm. one was leaving that family. I was so wrapped up in their then two children at that point. Mm. And, um, it was really hard for me to say goodbye to them, but I also knew like, I need to get back into fully committing myself to, to this career, right. you know? Gotcha. Right. But, but again, we like 
stayed super, super in touch, like the way you would with friends and family and, and talked all the time. And by the time they moved to LA, we were sort of settled in and Mm -hmm. would see them all the time. And I remember Bill talking about Barry and this idea he had and, um, you know, how great it sounded and knowing as his, you know, longtime friend that this is exactly what he should be doing. And, and cool. Yeah. You know, it was like exactly, uh, he's obviously the funniest person in the world, but I know he has this (laughs) huge wealth of knowledge. Like he knows so much about, um, he's such a, a, like a student of, of film and Mm -hmm. he Mm. wanted to get into directing and this just seemed perfect for him. But I didn't, um, because I had separated myself. How do I explain this? Like I had never, you know, crossed the line with either of them about, um, help with acting right. or with the it's career the stuff. It was professional versus personal. Yeah. Yeah. It was really um not it wasn't even a thought. It was just like we mm-hmm. this is who we are to each other. I will not ask for anything. It, I mean, I didn't it wasn't an option. I didn't want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, you kind of see when you're that close to someone, you see how everybody asks for things. And oh. I see it, you know, I see it with other people. I see it, you know, with Kristen Bell and I see it with Ted Danson. Like you see Mm -hmm. sort of people constantly asking for something. And I really don't want to be a person that does that. And I especially didn't with them. So anyway, when all this Barry stuff came up, I didn't even think about being Mm -hmm. a part of it. And then I remember getting an audition through just through my agent, not through, or through my manager, not through Bill. Meaning, Mm -hmm. meaning it came through my manager, not that Bill texted me to do it or whatever. Right. And my thought was that I would tell Bill, hey, this audition came up, but I think I shouldn't do it. Let's just like, let it go. (laughs) You know, no, no offense or whatever, but, but why don't I just, why don't I just skip it and we'll just Mm. continue on the way we are. (laughs) And then I kind of, you know, talked to, well, for one, I read the script and it was incredible. And I talked to my husband about it and it felt distant enough that, you know, he wasn't going to be in the room or anything. So I thought I would just do it. The audition was super fun. And even though he wasn't in the room, he must've gotten the tape because later that afternoon he, (laughs) he texted me and, and was really happy with it. And, and that was kind of that, you know, (laughs) it was like, oh, okay, great. And then, and then (laughs) it's been such an easy, it's been, it's just been lovely to go from this other type of thing, this like I was, you know, I'm, he's my boss, I guess. And, and I'm his nanny mm-hmm. and I'm, our families are friends and then kind of turning into coworkers on yeah. Barry. He, you know, he's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say enough good things about Bill. I owe him sure. so much and he's such a good, a good, um, a good friend and a good, a good dude and just talent beyond belief, you know? Totally. I mean, that show is so, so cohesive and it's such, a, I mean, you guys were nominated for that SAG Ensemble Award together for good for good reason. It's it's and talk about a Thanks. backstagey show. I mean, it's it's right. the depiction of <laughs> right. the actor's life. And so. we've had, you know, the acting class on that show has had so much fun. <laughs> I'm sure. Sort of, you know, they 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 uh Bill and the other um co-creator Alec Berg, they give us a lot of freedom and a lot of they really want to kind of hear what we've gone through and what we have seen yeah. and, and and that's been super fun. And, and, hmm. it, you know, actors, I think can definitely relate to, Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're all of the actors in that acting class are like playing these sort of pathetic people, but they're all just <laughs> shades of us, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally. That show it's is a fantasy, but it's also like 
really real. Right, right, right. This episode is brought to you by, quote, a dark odyssey that begins in a world where every human appetite can be indulged, unquote. That's right, I'm talking about one of this podcast's favorite series, HBO's Westworld is back. This spring's third season, which took us beyond Westworld to explore free will and what makes us human, brought back friends of In the Envelope, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, and Tandy Newton, plus Ed Harris, and joining them were the phenomenal Aaron Paul, Vincent Castle, Lena Waithe, and Scott Meskety. It is must-see TV. Emmy-eligible for outstanding drama series and all other categories, consider Westworld. So The Good Place must have happened kind of before all of that the Barry audition thing. Here's the crazy thing. It happened like right before. It was like, oh. I should actually look at the dates. I think like, I think the good, the good place audition was much longer. It was, it was, you know, okay. over a month and Barry was during that. Wow. So like the actual wow. dates are probably, you know, within a week of each other, which is hilarious and that's, crazy. I guess that's how it happens. Yeah. It's all I guess once. so. It's, you know, it's so, I, I feel like, um, how do I say this? Like, if you didn't know me at the time, <laughs> you would be like, uh-huh. oh, she's on two shows. Wow. You know, like good for her or whatever. <laughs> but like the struggle to get it, it, like the timing and the struggle, mm. it was like two. Sure. Okay. So sure. I got two cool shows in the same month, but before that I had <laughs> nothing <laughs> for so many uh, years. And right. I was watching all of my friends and coworkers kind of, totally. you know, get their dream job. And, and, and it was like, it was long, you know, it was yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, that's, that's the struggle right there. There's going to be dry spells and there's going to be maybe dry spells until it all happens at once. Right. Right. Yeah. And is was, it really, was it really a month of auditions for the good place? Yeah, it was, it was like, a wow. um, three callbacks, two or three call. Uh, how do I not remember this? You, you know why I don't remember this is because when you audition so much and you get so much rejection, you sort of teach yourself how to oh. like black it out almost, and you know? On. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I don't, yeah, that's it. I've like trained that's myself to, yeah go in, do the thing, walk out and like flush it down the toilet. Just like Which you don't even. Which is a great even, skill. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, but it, it took years to get there, you know, because yes. the first half or whatever, it was like obsessing over it and, and, and wanting to hear what they thought. And, and, you know, like, even if I don't get it, I'd love to hear your thoughts and all that stuff. It's like, no, 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 just, just right. move on, move on to the next wow. one. Yeah. It's a survival tactic. For sure. <laughs> Like all I know is that helped me because otherwise I would spend too much energy on them. But mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that works for everybody, but that certainly, certainly, certainly helped me. Yeah. Like, is it also true? Like the higher the stakes, the more you got to use that skill or the, maybe the more that you are able to use that skill of kind of leaving it behind afterward. I mean, Mike Schur, Ted Danson, Kristen Bell, this must've been like, oh wow, this is a big one. Yeah. Let's not, it, let's not get our hopes up. Let's be realistic. Let's... <laughs> A hundred percent. And I, and I, it felt like a big one. I was such a Mike Schur fan. I, yeah. you know, of course loved Ted and Kristen. It was, it was such a dream job that like I put, I, I would say I put in extra work into the audition just because I wanted to impress Mike. But I, I knew with 100% certainty that I wasn't getting the job. Like it, it wasn't, it was like, <laughs> I'm going to, I was like, I am going to absolutely you know, put everything into this audition in the hopes that like 
Mike remembers me maybe and sure. maybe cast For me in a, in a, yeah, in an episode in season three or something like that. Like yeah, I want to cool. be on his radar, but mm-hmm. there is no, there is no possible way. And I'm, and I'm truly not even, I'm not even being like cute about this. Like there was no <laughs> chance in the world I was getting the role, but I was excited to be in the room and meet mm-hmm. him and maybe make him laugh, you know? Yeah. That's the great, yeah. that's the attitude to have for sure. In a high stakes then, audition. Yeah, I think so. It's like, just do your best and and put in the work and, and forget about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. The problem I remember was once I went in there, Mike was so great and cool and fun and the audition went so well that I walked out and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, I know oh, I'm no. not going to get that, but damn, that was like so fun. It. You yeah, know, like totally. Oh, just like let it go, let it go. But like, oof, that felt good. <laughs> and then it was the same thing with the next callback. Like, oh God, yeah. why are, why do these feel so good? You know? Yes. Um, it's it's yeah. like a drug. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it must have I'm very curious to hear about Janet, especially like your first impressions of her versus, you know, every character changes yeah. over the course of four seasons of TV. And Janet's kind of a special case because she certainly has. But she's mm-hmm. also sort of designed to be a, like a constant in a way. Right. I mean, what were your, do you remember your first impressions of the character and then like your, I don't know, your impression of her in season four? Yeah. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, speaking of this audition is like um, the audition for Janet, I didn't know, maybe you've heard this before, but we didn't audition with the real script or the real, you know, sides, the, the portion of the script, we didn't even audition with like our real characters. Maybe I was named, yeah, I was named Janet, but I was, there was no indication that I was like AI or Mm -hmm. anything other than just a, a helpful woman. I was just like a sweet, (laughs) helpful woman. And that was it. There was no afterlife. There was nothing. It was such a, Mm. a secret show. Gotcha. Um, so all I was playing was I think I like wrote down these words on my audition sides. It was like sweet, helpful, <laughs> unflappable, like nothing, oh, nothing. Yeah. A pro- and, I, and I remember thinking problem solver. And and this was cool. all based on just the, these fake sides that I had gotten. It was like, right. she, nothing is getting in her way. If there's a problem, mm-hmm. she has a solution. And, and I really, you know, worked extra hard on these, um, the, these sides and this character that I had sort of created from, from these fake <laughs> sides and so then when I got the role and I went in for a meeting with Mike and he explained what this was going to be, yeah, I sort of had to recalibrate and, and think like, oh, oh okay. okay, so she's sort of this like robot, not a robot. Like, okay, like how do I do this now? And and I mm. think I sort of freaked out a little bit and, and he said, do exactly what you did in the audition, which okay. I think is the reason, you know, they didn't put any sort of robot-y AI Totally. You know, there was nothing about that because I think they didn't want the people coming in to to play robot To play a robot. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he said, just do what you did on the audition. And he was also like, I don't know. You know, we got to figure this out. Like we're, yeah. I don't, I, I, he has said before that he originally thought that Janet was going to just be like a kiosk, basically like an ATM machine, like a, a right. computer. And then sort uh-huh. of realized that it would be more fun to have an actual actor, a body playing, playing right. this role. So, so there was definitely like some room for us to figure it out together. And Mike sure is one of the most like collaborative geniuses on earth. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
it's, I think, rare maybe to find someone as smart and truly brilliant as he is. That's also so willing to, uh, hear your idea and, and laugh at your idea. And, you know, it's, it's, it's never been like his way or the highway. It's always been Mm -hmm. like, and what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Do that. You know, so, um, he was really open to me, um, pulling him aside at lunch or calling him or whatever, and just being like, what do I do? What, what, what do we think this line means? And okay, what about this? And if I say this, that means this. And that first year it was a lot of like, let's get this right. And then by the way, this was my first real experience with being in every episode of a show. Mm -hmm. And so it was all, it was like, oh, okay. So we're doing what we do on set and I'm, you know, working on this character and, and creating this character but also the editor is so important. So I'm now going to see oh. what it's like here. I'm giving you everything I've got. And now the editor is like sort of honing in on this version of the character that you've created. So a truly like cool. season one was such a learning experience and, and watching season one was kind of how I figured out who Janet was. Does that make sense? Right, 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 right. The editors kind of helped the formation so of the much. character going forward. Yeah, cool. The editor is like such an unsung hero. The editor is so important to Absolutely. a movie or a film. And and as a, you know, a theater actor, as a stage actor, I didn't know that as much. There, it's, it's, you know, you want to give them different varieties and different options. And then mm-hmm. once you've given those options, then they get to f- pick which option they want. <laughs> and- Right. So watching Janet back after after that first season was super helpful to go into season cool. two. And then season two, I felt very comfortable. Season two, I was yeah. like, I felt like, ah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ah, now I know. Yeah. Well, in that community part of it, it sounds like from the beginning of the UCB days, it's helpful to have a community of people who are like taking risks together and encouraging yeah. the creativity. It sounds like that, uh, that again is like a true ensemble ensemble acting. For sure. Which is my favorite thing. And my husband has said this before that like, if you had asked, I guess him, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago or something, what, you know, if if you had said to him, like, what do you think Darcy's dream would be? What's Darcy's like dream career? He would say, you know, an ensemble comedy on TV, a Mike Schur (laughs) show, a Tina Fey show, like a, a show with a bunch of funny people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like that was always, friends and and Cheers and and Parks mm-hmm. and Rec and Thirty Rock. These were like the the <laughs> these were the dreams. I mean, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but here, like a thing that I would do, and actually still do, but something that I would do constantly is, especially when I needed to like uh, relax a little bit, if I was like feeling anxious or something, mm. I would go to YouTube and I would just type in like bloopers. <laughs> and I would oh, watch yeah. like office bloopers or I would yeah. watch friends bloopers, anything that like, re, you know, 10, 15, 20 minute reels of, of actors, like, like having fun on set. Yeah. There was something so, uh, I wanted it so badly. I wanted that thing of just like <laughs> cool. actors getting to, you know, I mean, by the way, there's a whole other conversation about like knowing your lines, <laughs> ah, Totally, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, just, pe- but just watching, a- I love actors. I love actors interacting with each other. Cool. I love like that ensemble thing that I had fell in love with as, you know, a-, a young actor and then got to really kind of explode when I was doing UCB stuff. It was like constant. Mm-hmm. It was that vibe all the time, trying to make each other laugh 
There's something about that that I um that is my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing. That is thing really is. lovely. Yeah. It's lovely to that's also great advice. Like it I I do think bloopers are a great thing for an actor to watch just to get that sense of kind of community and Yeah. Yeah. It is just a it's a bit like you're um seeing stage actors be real people afterward where you're like, "Oh, right." right. It's a right. bit of a magic trick and it's something that I could do too. Like, yes, yes, yes. There yeah. is something about like peeking behind the curtain and obviously on stage, you don't really mm. get to see that. And, and by the way, like sometimes you do get to see it a little bit when mm-hmm. something off happens or whatever. And that is always, of course, so exciting. Yeah. And it's not, and I don't mean, you know, it's not about like mugging or, or, or uh, being cute or whatever. It's truly about like mm. the electric, like magical moments where something surprising happens and the other actor reacts. It's like, that is so thrilling, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I was, yeah, I, I, well, anyway, (laughs) I, I, there's so many moments like that. And, and of course that we've all seen them on stage, but occasionally like they still keep them in, in, on TV and movies. And it's always, right. It's always just like, Oh, this is a magic trick. I love it. You know? Yes, totally. That's beautiful. Um, I really can't get over how good you sound. It really does sound like we're in the same room. Your, your voice is beautiful. This is, oh this is great. Oh, my. Thanks. Well, I, I'm drinking water, too. I hope you can't hear me slurping. Oh, not at all. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. Um, thank you so much. for This is all so wonderful. I, I'd love to ask you some, like, not quite rapid fire, but we ask these okay. backstage questions of everyone. For example, how did you get your SAG card? What okay, was that great. kind of big break? Okay. I got my SAG card. This is all through backstage. Okay. So backstage, I know there was one of these sort of workshops I'm talking about. It was Mm -hmm. like, my memory is going to sort of fail me, but it was basically to be a background actor on, it it Mm might've been specifically SNL, but it was, it might've been comedy, but it was like it was like introduction to backstage acting. I mean, to yeah, not backstage acting, to um, background acting mm-hmm. and being an extra, you know, that whole world. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, this is actually hilarious, but I think I had to perform a monologue <laughs> oh. <laughs> to, be a, to be an extra. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they were just sort of like <laughs> trying to, you know, weed out, weed out the cuckoos or whatever, but oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, um, I auditioned basically for this guy to be a background actor on SNL and mm-hmm. I got it. And by the way, these are these little, these little, um, pats on the back like that, even though yes. knowing what I know now that a background actor on SNL is certainly not going to lead to being a cast member of SNL. And I think I, huh. I do, I definitely think I knew that at the time, but you kind of mm-hmm. can, you get sort of wrapped up in the like excitement of it all. Oh, yeah. And also I was just so excited to be on a set. So I was in a couple episodes in the background uh, um, of SNL. I wonder what year that was. Was um, Bill Hader on the show maybe, then? He wasn't on the show then, actually. Okay. <laughs> he was, uh, but like Fred Armisen was, it was maybe one of, mm-hmm. mm, not Fred's first years. I don't know. I could, I, it might be like 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But that was, I needed an AFTRA card for that. Gotcha. So, right. So oh. it was when AFTRA and SAG were separated. Yes. So my when I got my SAG card, it was just that lucky thing of of SAG AFTRA becoming one. Yeah. You know? Okay. Cool. That's but I so do cool. Remember, I've never heard of that as like a first gig. The background work on SNL. Was, 
Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was, and by the way, some of this is, it's a, it's a good enough gig that I recognize some of them today. Like some people that is just like, they are in with the SNL background and they, they, yeah. Yeah. Background acting can be pretty rough as I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know it can be, um, Mm -hmm. you can sort of feel a little bit like so close yet so far away and a little bit like, Mm. you know, not treated especially great. And I would say the SNL background world was, um, was much better. It was, Mm. I, I, that being sort of like my first introduction to it, you know, anything that came after that, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) This is not, this might be, I don't think I can do this, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There are good versions of that experience. And mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. SNL has been around for 40 years, so they kind of know how to right. incorporate those people. Yeah. Right. There was, I mean, I don't even know if this is easy to find on YouTube or not, but there was <clears throat> an episode where David Spade was the host mm-hmm. and, you know, coming back to host and he was playing, I mean, am I getting this right? He was playing Martha Stewart after <laughs> she had gotten out of jail. Oh gosh. And, okay. Okay. And I don't remember if it was like a fake Oprah set or something like that, but Mm -hmm. I am in the audience, you know, as a background actor and oh baby, I'm really hamming it up. I am like really committing. I'm like (laughs) clapping a lot and, you know, nodding my head and, and, um, a thing that like when I see background actors do now, I'm like, chill out, chill out. Yeah. Oh, totally. (laughs) You know, but anyway, so, so I, so I'm sure that exists somewhere. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to find that on YouTube. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, this is a tough one. We asked this of everyone. What What is one performance that you think every actor should see and why? Any film, TV, anything? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just go with my gut and I'm going to yes. say Mark Ruffalo and Laura Linney in um, You Can Count On Me. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Great. It's, it's a, a movie from... What, early 2000s and they play sister and brother. It's a Kurt Lonegren movie. I'm getting the last name wrong a little bit. Um, uh-huh. And it's just like a an amazing masterclass in natural acting. Hmm. It, it's it's two of the best performances I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies. It's just they're 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 like it's incredible. It's incredible. Amazing. That's a great, that's, I'm not familiar with that movie. So I'm going to have to add that to my list. I, I, please do. And, and it's just, you know, like we were talking about earlier in this podcast about, um, being inspired by other actors. Mm-hmm. That's one where like, every time I watch it, I see something new and I'm, mm-hmm. and I honestly think it like affects my acting, you know, oh, amazing. you watch something and you go, Ooh, I want to do that. I want to do that thing. Mm, cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, what about a worst audition horror story? This is like early days in New York. This would for sure be another backstage audition. And I guess like long story short, my best friend came to town to to visit. Lindsay came to town and um, from California. And we had gone out the night before and had too much to drink. I mean, it was great. We had a great time, uh-huh. but we drank a lot. <laughs> and uh-huh. the next day, realizing my audition was that morning instead of the day after, you know, thinking my audition was on a Wednesday oh, and it was actually on a Tuesday. Sure. And I... um. So I sort of hungover had to like run to this audition and the audition was like for a film where I was, oh gosh, it's so embarrassing (laughs) to have to play sexy in an audition to play, like to do a sexy audition. And I was sort of like hungover Uh here. I'm going to make up a word hungoverly playing like a, Uh um, a sexy character and, and knowing I was 
not doing well and wanting to just look at them and being like, can we just, can we just not name it? (laughs) Like, can we just skip to the part where I leave? It was, it was, it was like, it definitely, you know, it was probably a good learning experience, like (laughs) about committing and, 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 you know, checking your schedule, but it was like, yeah, Uh, playing, playing sexy for people that I knew were not going to be into it was like, get me the hell out of here. But I think you really do have the right attitude about all of this of like, let's just forgive ourselves for the days that it's not working and exactly really enjoy the days that are. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, I know whatever auditions probably live somewhere on some, you know, cloud or whatever, but it's like you walk out of that door and you can just never think about it again. And, you know, you can, you can, you can just sort of know, like, they're not going to pick you. So you don't have to, you're not going to be called back because you did a bad job or whatever. Like you can just walk out and, and go on to the next thing and just sort of, you know, pretend it never existed until you're talking on a podcast and you have to recount it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Until we force you to relive it. (laughs) And by the way, there Um, are probably worse ones and I've probably just fully blacked them out. I mean blacking it out if it's if that's the coping mechanism then i mean i that really works. do think that's a skill that actors yeah you, know, you might need i need to learn it so yeah yeah <laughs> that's wonderful this is so great darcy thank you um thank you yeah let's do this do you in have person any, sometime i was just gonna say like we <laughs> if i see you at next time there are in-person events and we yes. see each other it's always that awkward For thing real. of like We've spoken on the phone. Remember, we but, spent an hour together. Yeah, and it, we pretended we were in the same room, and sort of, you know, <laughs> sort of like we are. But um, yeah, this is so great. Do you have any? Do you have any parting words of wisdom for listeners? I think the like when I think of, I guess, advice or wisdom or whatever, it's usually just like, what would I have told myself 10, 15 yes. years ago? Mm-hmm. I was so. I think I was like so obsessed with timeline and looking to other successful people, people Mm. that I wanted to emulate or whatever. And sort of, this is actually a weird habit of mine since I was even a kid. Like I remember, you know, watching like the Mickey Mouse Club or the Cosby show or something like that and being like, well, Rudy's already on that show and I'm her age. So that means it's like not going to happen for me or whatever. And I, and I would do that a lot. I would do that Mm -hmm. throughout my life. And especially in my twenties, I would look at other people and realize like, oh, they already are where I want to mm-hmm. be, but we're the same age or they're, they're younger than me or whatever. I think, okay. So all that being said, I think like really giving that up and knowing that your timeline is your timeline. And mm-hmm. I want to say like, it's never too late, mm-hmm. you know, it's Josh, like, absolutely. there's a part of me that felt so much like I had missed my opportunity or I, it was too late for me. And, and I know a lot of other actors have that. I mean, William mm. Jackson Harper on the good place. He and I talk about this yes. all the time, how, how much we felt like we had missed it and it was, it was too late for us or whatever. And, and how totally. um, unhelpful that is. So as much as you can kind of let go of right. that. Cause that do, thinking is not going to reverse it and not going to help you. Exactly. I, I don't think there's yeah. any good. It does. I don't think it yeah. does any good is a better way of saying that. Yeah. William. Yeah. I meant to, I forgot to tell you, like he's been on this podcast and he did talk about like, he basically quit acting just before The Good Place happened. He really did. Yeah. It was interesting to, to like meet him at that moment. And he and I are, we are so, so similar. We sort of mm. um, connected over that very thing. I mean, we connected over a lot. We we are almost exactly the same age within a month of each other. We mm. had like a similar sort of teeny little mini successes and then nothing. And then, you know, like, like 
yeah. all these little false starts. And, and I had gone through a similar thing where it wasn't that I was going to, I never got to a place where I was going to quit acting, but I definitely had gotten to mm-hmm. a place where I had sort of given the dream, given up on the dream mm-hmm. and thought like, I'll, I can continue doing what I'm doing. I'm just never going to, you know, do what I hoped to do or get to where I hoped I would be or whatever. Sure. Um, and so I, I really related to him over that sort of thing of being like, well, you know, what? I need to like, just be an adult and, and actually make some money and be able to pay my rent and all that stuff. And <laughs> We saw, I remember, you know, shooting that first uh, episode, we sat in one of the stores that looked like it was, you know, everybody loves puppies or one of those stores oh, in like love, the town square yeah, yeah. of the good place. And we, and we talked for a really long time. And I remember being like, well, I love this man for the rest of my life. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. Totally. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess that it's just, you got to keep the faith and you got to, yeah. but you also got to be realistic. It's like a balancing act. Yeah, I know it really is. But also, you know, like the thing I had sort of gone through right before the good place of, of realizing I was maybe not going to get the thing I wanted to get. I also, it it wasn't like, um, woe is me. It wasn't that I wasn't sad. It was like, but look at all this great stuff I have, you know, like I was, that's what it was. It was like, I was looking around and being like, I get to perform at the upright citizens brigade. (laughs) Like I have this amazing community of like, creative actors and writers that I know and love. And, and, you know, I've got a great family and I've got a great husband. And I, I was like, I have all this great stuff. Let's not like sort of dwell on this. I don't know. It it was, there was some sort of moment of like, ah, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, that's, there are good days and bad days. And as long as you kind of keep getting back to that, that place and yeah, it sounds so cheesy, but you really have provided like this this interview really has been like a guidebook to how to navigate this industry. And thank you so much for like, you, I, your philosophy is very oh clear. I think it's thank like, you. <laughs> I think it's something that early career actors in particular can really, really take this and use this. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I love actors and I love our little weird, you know, community. And there's so much, <laughs> so much of, of what we learn is from each other and, and, um, yeah. you know, yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yay, backstage. Thank you so much, Darcy. Yay, backstage. Backstage <laughs> loves you. It's so cool that you, uh, your, all of your beginnings were with us. Truly. I owe you guys <laughs> it's everything. It's great. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Darcy. Thank you for, um, and thank you for this really optimal sound quality. I just, good, I just good, can't good. get enough. Oh my God. Well, you can, you can thank my husband for that. Good job, Jason. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too. Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.